Hello and welcome to On the Record, the podcast of the Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Court. I'm your host, Darren Toms, and we hope you enjoy our discussions about the court and the legal system. Today, we are talking to Judge Janet Burnside, who will be retiring at the end of the year. Judge, hello. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. It's a great pleasure, Darren. Well, Judge, let's start uh, with retirement coming up. How long have you sat on the bench in Cuyahoga County? Since January of 1991. So if I were, I don't know if I can do the math quickly enough in my head, but that is a long term for a judge. How many, how many times have you been elected? Well, I was appointed to the bench by Governor Celeste. So I uh, was on the bench for two years, had to run for my next two years, and then it's been every six years thereafter. So I guess I had a 92, 94, a 2000, 2006, and a 2012 election, all of which were successful, I'm happy to say. Well, you missed the campaigning? I loved campaigning. Did you really? Yes, I did. Getting out and meeting people? That's right. Didn't know I would, but I absolutely did love it. It was the best part, best part of the campaign was that part. Well, let's talk about your education and your career before you became a judge. Obviously, you have to be an attorney six years in yes. Ohio to be a judge. So tell us about your career before that and that what made you decide you wanted to be a judge? Well, I was an attorney for one year, a staff attorney, to the 8th District Court of Appeals, which was very academic, very interesting, and I worked for a very uh, excellent legalistic judge that was a great pleasure, taught me a lot of good legal analysis and, and legal technique. And then I went into private practice, and I was there for 13 years. And uh, during that time, I was a part-time visiting judge for the Cleveland Heights Municipal Court. And uh, so that gave me a lot of good judicial experience. But I never thought about running on the county ballot. Actually, what happened was a very good uh, lawyer uh, and judge, Leslie Brooks-Wells, who ended up on the federal bench, um, knew me politically and personally and said, you ought to go after this vacancy. So it was her idea, and I ran with it, and I'm, I'm grateful that she gave me that idea because on my own I don't think I would have dared do that. Uh, when you were an attorney, uh, what was your favorite part of being a lawyer? You know, I now realize that being a lawyer for me was being the person who could tell other people what the answer was. I was the person that could map how to solve the problem or what to do about it. I could give advice. I was the person you go to for information. I realize now that that's what I enjoyed doing telling people where to go, so to speak. And I guess I'm still doing that. Where did you go to uh, college and then law school? I went to Ohio State and have three degrees from Ohio State, my undergraduate degree and my master's in computer science and then my law degree. I have more years at Ohio State than you get for felonious assault with a firearm. When I look at our bench, it seems evenly split between uh, men and women. Was that the case when you first started? No, it wasn't. There were fewer women, but there was still a presence. Uh, in 1980, I recall, um, we had an all-male bench until, um, I believe, Ann McManaman joined the bench slightly before 1980, and then come 80-81, we got our second woman. So just going back 40 uh, years, we went from one or two women to half the bench. So it's been a steady growth. Uh, being a female jurist, uh, when you started on the bench, do you think uh, that helped you, hurt you, anything like that? 
Well, it helped me a great deal in terms of campaigning. Um, I was far more comfortable campaigning and meeting people um, and um, I think getting votes for myself than some uh, men were. I think we attracted more attention, in other words. Um, I was a pretty active litigator, so I wasn't exactly a stranger to Common Pleas Court by the time I came here as a judge. Uh, but still, all new judges are tested a little bit and maybe women a little bit more, I don't know. I certainly counsel new women judges to expect that kind of treatment and uh, be prepared to move past it. As your retirement approaches, what do you think has really changed about how the legal system works and operates now as when you started as a judge? Well, I think it's less formal. I think it's far more practical. I think that judges have been given education and permission to be far more people-oriented, uh, more concerned about the people who come in front of us. Instead of a focus on punishment and incarceration, we're far more focused on getting this person past um, problems with their mental health medication, problems with alcohol and addiction, family violence, and the various problems, um, personal and situational that bring them to the Common Pleas bench. And there's uh, a lot of good we can do now that in the past we were not expected to do, we were not encouraged to do. Any examples that pop to mind? I know you mentioned some of the specialty dockets and helping with uh, mental health and uh, addiction issues. Anything else that pops to mind? Well, I think, I think that when I first came here, the thought was we would give you the crack cocaine addict, for example, one opportunity at probation, but God forbid you should relapse and go back to cocaine and test positive for it, we would incarcerate. Well, we wouldn't do that today. We would have a far more well-developed sense that addiction is difficult and that addiction requires a lot of trial and error and that um, in the early goings anyway, we need to be supportive and we need to use our, author our power as an authority figure to help this young person want to do better. It is awesome for some modest people, young and not so young, to have a judge interested in their problems. This may be a person that's never had a positive experience from an authority figure ever before. And to have a judge take an interest in them. I'll never forget um, a litigant who came back, um, he, he, had a, he had one of the first felony DUI effect, uh, convictions in the county, happened to be in my courtroom, and he was at an um, inpatient treatment center doing very well, and I wrote him a letter. And I wrote him a letter to encourage him um, and because he was in a new program. And he came back to say to me, I couldn't believe I had gotten a letter from a judge. He was nearly in tears. Think about that. You got a letter from a judge. How from, you know, such a simple little thing, maybe, but it was, it was very meaningful. So you can never underestimate your ability to make a difference in people's uh, lives because of your role and what you represent to many people. I have seen people who have uh, been on diversionary programs, and when it's done, they've just wanted to, they've come up and they, they've hugged the judge and, mm -hmm. and thanked them. And yeah. 
That, that's not the image most people have of judges, and, and I wish more people got to see that. Well, I've had people come up to me uh, out in public and remind me that they've been on my dockets and they're very grateful. I did have an older gentleman come into my courtroom. I had no memory of him, and I asked him why he was there, and he said, I just wanted to give you a hug, and I thought, <laughs> and so that was kind of rare, but it was wonderful. Um, and, um, uh, and, and then, you know, on the sad end of this, we have recently buried uh, many young heroin addicts in this county. And um, some of the letters that I've received from their families have, they really rip your heart out. When you think about your career as a judge, and we talk about moments like this, what will you miss the most? Well, I think I'll miss that thing of telling everybody what the answers are <laughs> as a practical matter. Um, but um, there is a, a great deal of personal satisfaction in making a difference, not only in the individual case, but in the running of the court. Uh, I do a great deal of judicial education, and I'll probably do a fair bit of that in the future. Um, so I think I'll just miss the day by day. Any uh, specific cases in your career that really stick out in your mind as never forget moments? Well, uh, some of my best memories are good results I got for litigants when I was representing them, both in personal injury and in uh, domestic relations. Um, some of the cases that I've had here involve tragedy, um, but very often um, the tragedies had so much, uh, so much education to them in terms of the difficulties that, that people have. Um, I actually could sit here and, uh, like the nerd I am, talk about some very interesting, difficult legal analysis that had to be uh, engaged in before we could come out with a with a good result. And that's a piece of this of this work that I enjoy a great deal too. A young person coming out of college thinking they want to enter the legal career as an attorney. What would you tell them? What kind of advice would you give them? Well, I would certainly emphasize the fact that a legally trained person has a wide variety of, of jobs and services that they can uh, perform to other people. I would certainly tell them that trial work is, uh, on the civil side, um, greatly diminishing, and that's, that's not good, but it's, it's reality. I would encourage them to um, get involved in the nitty-gritty of procedural law, whether they're doing civil or criminal work, and certainly into the evidentiary um, fine points of the law. In other words, the academics of this business, it's, that's difficult. It doesn't have a great bit of sex appeal, but it's altogether um, it's critical to the success of the legal profession that we have such adherence to what the rules are, what the analysis is, um, so that, I mean, that's really what justice is, right? That we follow a process and we follow the process that's appropriate and we do it every time. We give notice, we give opportunity to be heard, and, um, and that's what the rules of evidence are really all about, too, is working towards justice as we know it. Judge, is there anything that we haven't discussed that you would like to put on the record? 
Well, I guess I want to put on a pitch for saving the Justice Center. Um, the Justice Center isn't the best loved building, um, but the plain fact of the matter is that it is a monument to the people of this county when it was built and as it's existed. And the Justice Center being in downtown Cleveland is important. The business is gov of government is government, and it is providing an edifice and a place for people to go for services and justice. So um, I really hope people understand the importance of this building as not only the, the place of function in the court system, but also the symbol of justice and good government in this county. Well, Judge Janet Burnside, thank you so much for talking with us and just the best to you in your retirement. Thank you so much. I deeply appreciate it.